0: Is the Parenting for Faith podcast from BRF Ministries? Parenting for Faith exists to help you help the children and teens in your life to meet and know God. We do this through online events, courses, and resources, and you can find out more at parentingforfaith.org. Hello, and welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. I'm your host, Lucy Rycroft, and today we are thinking about connecting with God through big questions. Now, do you have a questioner in your family? I have four kids. Two of them love asking questions and the other two are much happier usually just to kind of accept the way things are. They're not big on questions. And yet, interestingly, all four of them in their own ways have had moments of asking big questions about God about faith, about the Bible. Um, I really honestly don't think you can get to the age of 18 without wondering at least one big question, uh, but usually many more. So this was a topic we really wanted to dive into this season because we really feel that this is across the board. Kids will have big questions at some point, even if they're not naturally prone to asking lots and lots of questions. And we have such a special guest for you. I'm not going to tell you his name. I'm not. You're going to have to wait. I'm so mean, but that's the way it is. Don't worry. You won't be waiting very long. We will get to him in just a minute, I promise. Uh, now, many of you tell us that you enjoy our uh, social media or our web articles, or even this podcast, and you would love, love, love to run a Parenting for Faith course in your church. uh, But for whatever reason, it's not happened yet. So you might be a leader, you might not work for your church at all, you might be a parent who's just well connected with other parents, and you would dearly, dearly love to equip them in this way. uh, But there's not much interest, or you're struggling to find a time that everyone's free or that kind of thing. So at Parenting for Faith, we put our thinking caps on to think, how could we come alongside you and help you overcome these obstacles? And we've created something called Jumpstart. Now, Jumpstart is an online training event to give you all the knowledge and confidence you need to go ahead and run your Parenting for Faith course. We actually have four courses available at Parenting for Faith and Jumpstart will tell you about each one and then you'll get to deep dive into two of them. You'll get to ask all your questions, find out all the things, and hopefully we will be able to help you as you lead Parenting for Faith in your church. We have a jumpstart coming up on June the 13th. There's a morning and an evening session, so just pick what suits you best. And the idea with that is to help those who might be wanting to start a course in the autumn term. So if you're thinking ahead already, Do get signed on for that June the 13th training session. Uh, We've also got another one coming up in October, and that might be the one to look at if you're maybe thinking of running a course in January. Um, So do book onto those. Both of them are open now for booking. The link is in the bio. But now here is our very special guest for today. Today we are thinking about how to help our kids and teens connect with God through big questions. To help us do this, we have a very special guest. He is an evangelist, minister, speaker, broadcaster, and writer who's been in ministry for four decades, even though he still only looks about 40. He has spoken in towns, cities, and universities all over the world, but he lives near London. He's married to Killy. He's a dad and a granddad. Canon J. John, welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Lucy. And that was very gracious of you with that intro. I'm delighted uh, to be on your program and to have this opportunity to talk with you.
0: We're delighted to have you here. Thank you so much. And I mean it because honestly, I can't remember a time in my life when you weren't there doing what you are still doing now. And you seem to be eternally youthful in my eyes. So Thank amazing. You. Whatever Thank your secret you. is, keep <laughs> bottle it and sell it at some point because it's amazing.
1: <laughs> but, but, you know, on that, though, Lucy, I think, you know, when you're serving the Lord, you, all you endeavoring to do is just be faithful And you just go, Lord, help me, give me the strength to serve you, uh, to keep in step with your spirit. And you do one year and then you do another year and then you do another year. And and Kelly and I have discovered that we've just done 45 years.
0: (laughs) Well, it's an amazing blessing to the church. So thank you so much. Now, it's fair to say that across your ministry, you've written a lot of books but one in particular i wanted to ask you about because it specifically helps children to think about big questions and that's what we're thinking about today uh, the book's called that's a good question it's an amazing book my children love it and i know lots of children across the country and across the world uh, have this book and really enjoy it i'd love to ask you where did the idea come from how how did that book come about
1: well i suppose as i in hindsight as i look back i i realize Yes, my children and now my grandchildren um, have all asked questions and um, growing up and and we loved it. I actually loved my children, whatever age they were, uh, always pumping me with questions um, over dinner. And that really um, stimulated my own thinking on how do we communicate to people of all ages and little people. How do we communicate simply without being simplistic? Mm. It's it's very interesting, isn't it, that um, we adults say to children, oh, grow up. But Jesus said to adults, unless you become like little children. So that's, that's fascinating. And so in the end, I kind of felt, hey, maybe I can help some children by putting pen to paper. And I asked 10 children. um, I know all the parents and I knew the children. And um, I asked all the children if they would send me all their questions. Mm. And I must have got over 100, Lucy. (laughs) I know. So I selected what I considered were the top 30 questions. Yeah, Um, And it took me, um, the thing, you know, the difference between me and say somebody like Philip Yancey, um, Philip Yancey is an author and a writer who does a bit of speaking, whereas I'm a speaker that does a little bit of writing. Mm. So I'm never in a hurry with my writing. And so I, I think over a period of a year, you know, I, I, would, I took one of the questions and I tried to chew it for a week mm. and then I'd write my answer. So, in fact, it took me 30 weeks wow. to draft my first draft.
0: A labour of love, totally. And were you a questioning child? I'm really interested to know. Were you a questioner?
1: I was, actually. Yes, looking back, I was. And I, I were, I'm always inquisitive and curious um, and I still and I still am. Mm. Um, I mean, even in our devotions that Kelly and I were doing this morning um, and the passage we were reading, I was like, I had some questions. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> that's encouraging. That's encouraging that you never get to a point where your questions are, are all answered. Absolutely. The Bible is so rich, isn't it? Um,
1: yeah, and I think there, Lucy, you know, if you and I could fathom and understand God, he would be the same as our little minds. Mm and yes. therefore it wouldn't be worth believing in. And so th- there is this element, uh, we live in a world of miracle and mystery, and you somehow got to hold the two together.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but we we have enough, there is enough out there to um, illuminate our thinking and our hearts. The other day, uh, somebody was saying to me, um, uh, someone from a different faith was saying to me, oh, you believe in three gods. And I said, no, no, we, uh, we don't believe in three gods. He says, yes, you do. Uh, you say uh, God, Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit. And um, he says, well, that's three gods. So you believe in three gods. And, and I said, well, you know, they're one. And, and I said, the problem is, I said, it's about mathematics And I said to him, what you're doing is, you're saying one plus one plus one equals three. But what I'm doing is one times one times one equals one. Wow. And the moment I said that to him, he went, I get it now. Yeah. I get it. So it's not that I'm trying to be clever, but, and I think what we need to try and do Lucy is to say, well, look, with this question, Is there something that I could say to help, whether it's a little person or an adult, understand?
0: Yeah, well, I can say that your answers in that book have helped me as an adult, definitely, (laughs) as well as my children. And children think really deeply, don't they? And sometimes we make the mistake of sort of dumbing down our answers for them. But I think actually when you're writing... Right, you know, properly for children, adults will will benefit too, because it will be the same sorts of thoughts that that we'll all be having and like you say, simple but not simplistic
1: yeah and and it's just saying, well Lord, help me to answer that. So another little thing I sometimes say when it comes to the Trinity is i'm I'm a father, but I'm also a son, mm. but I'm also a brother. Mm. and sometimes oh. Yeah, that's, yeah. you know, so we've just got to find these little things yeah.
0: to help. That's really helpful. Both of those analogies are so helpful. Thank you. Um, I want to kind of think more about your your sort of faith journey now. As you say, you were kind of a questioner and you've been inspired as a dad and a granddad by the, the questions that your children and grandchildren have asked. Um, when did you come to faith and how did your sort of inquisitive nature, your curious nature, kind of sit alongside that, do you think? Was it a part of how you came to faith?
1: Well, I wasn't brought up as a Christian, so I, I'm Greek Cypriot. And to be Greek, Greek Cypriot, uh, means you're Greek Orthodox. Uh, and, and within the Greek Orthodoxy, it, it's kind of culture and religion. So, you know, it's a bit like uh, you can be Jewish, you can be an atheist, but you're still Jewish. Yeah. So we, you cannot not be cultural Greek Orthodox. Yes. So by the time I went to college, I was, we, weren't, we were not a religious family. I was a bit of an agnostic. And I met a Christian on my first day at college. And he's called Andy Connemides. He's, he's an evangelist. And he basically, in my first year at college, introduced me to Jesus. And I, I can remember the, my baptism. I said this, my friend Andy built a bridge from him to me. And when he did, Christ Jesus walked over it. And that's really what happened. It, it was friendship. Evangelism.
0: That's such an amazing story. That's brilliant and and amazing. Um, yeah, amazing to know that that we are impactful as friends as well. And did were you a uh, sort of did you come to faith quickly and easily? Was it a, a long process for you? Did you have a lot of questions?
1: Yes, he gave me a Bible. He bought me a Bible and gave it to me. And I, interestingly, I never had a Bible and we would meet every week I, it's it's really interesting you know how Today, we're all a little bit hypersensitive and, oh, we've got to be (laughs) sensitive evangelism. But when you think of, say, John the Baptist, that wasn't seeker-sensitive, was it? (laughs) Not in the slightest. You vipers, (laughs) you vipers, you need to repent. I mean, that's not (laughs) seeker-sensitive. You know, and I think sometimes we've gone overboard on Mm. the whole seeker-sensitivity. Whereas he gave me a Bible and he said said to me, uh, would you like me to teach you the Bible? And it was like, well, yeah. So mm. we met one lunchtime every week, one on one, and he would do Bible studies with me. Amazing. You know, whereas today people would be very reluctant to even offer that to anybody. Mm. Whereas in fact, well, why not offer it? I mean, it's either a yes or a no. Yeah. And and over a period, September, October, November, December, January, February, I. It, my mind was illuminated my heart was illuminated and he showed me that scripture in revelation uh, chapter three verse 20 jesus stands at the door and knocks if anyone hears his voice and opens the door um he'll come in and he said to me have you heard jesus knocking and i said i i think so and he says have you opened the door and i said well where's the door i don't where is this door Mm. And he said, don't worry about where the door is. Just ask Jesus to break the door down. Now, again, can you see how good he was? You know, I'm like thinking, where is this door? I don't know where the door is. He said, well, don't worry about that. Ask him to break the door down. And I think we need to be like that, be a little bit more creative in the way that we respond to people's questions. And I knelt down beside my bed, 9th of February, 1975, and I said, Jesus, I, I think you're knocking on my door, but I don't know where this door is, but could you break it down? And when I prayed that prayer, the light came on. Mm. Something happened. My heart was warmed. Yeah. I mean, John Wesley said the same thing. His heart was strangely warmed. I mean, I didn't know what was going on, but I knew something had happened.
0: Praise God. And I like what you say about kind of the creativity that we sometimes need to employ in maybe just kind of taking things from a different angle in terms of kind of somebody, you know, a, a child maybe has asked us something or somebody's asked us something and we can maybe find a new way in that maybe explains it more clearly to them. Um, as parents and carers listening to this or, or church leaders, children's and youth leaders, what would you say are the kind of key things to consider when children or young people come at us with big Questions, creativity—you've mentioned is a great one. Is there anything else that we need to kind of consider? Would you say when we're faced with these questions and we think, "Gosh, how do I answer that one?"
1: Well, uh, I'd say that in response to that question and other questions that are very, very similar, my my approach would be three things: one, praying; two, caring; three, sharing. And I think they're all interlinked. So I think prayer is very, very important. Um, so, for example, Kelly and I, we wake up at five twenty-eight in the morning. Okay, that's our routine, and um, we listen to two minutes of the shipping forecast, <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then at five thirty, we listen to world global news. And then after that, we pray. We pray for ourselves. We pray the Lord's Prayer. We pray for, uh, uh, we proclaim some promises. We pray for our family, our staff. And then we pray for all the people who we know who are sick. And then we pray for everyone we know who doesn't yet know the Lord. Mm. Doesn't matter how young, how old they are. Now, these are people we personally no. So yeah. currently, we're praying for 43 people who Gosh. don't know Jesus. Yeah. Every day. Mm. So we're offering up a prayer every day for these people. Yes. Every day, seven days a week, every month, every. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and we're praying that the Lord will speak to them. We're praying that the Lord will open their eyes. We're praying that the Lord will open the eyes of their hearts. Um, we're praying that the Lord will give us opportunity. So I th- I really think we should uh, be more intentional in praying.
0: Yeah, I think that's such an important thing because in one sense, it's so obvious. Of course, everything starts with prayer. But I know that as a parent, we can so often pray for our children in terms of their friendships or in terms of their academic success, or otherwise, we can pray for situations that they're in them that might be difficult. We can pray for their health, all the rest of it. But are we intentionally praying that they will come to know Jesus for themselves, or are we kind of just. A- uh, you know, assuming it will kind of go in there somehow by osmosis or by our wonderful Christian parenting prayer is really where it starts, isn't it? It
1: really is. Look, and, and Lucy, we know this, but it's like, we're just reminding ourselves about mm-hmm. it. And, um, you know, when, um, well, it's interesting. Two of the most unlikely people in the Bible lost Jesus. I mean, they were the, the most unlikely people, his mother and stepfather, they lost him. Yeah. And, um, um, you know, and, and, and we can easily lose Jesus, lose sight of Jesus. Um, but when they eventually found him and the scripture records that he went back with his mother, his stepfather, and he grew in favor with God and in favor with people. Mm. So he grew spiritually. He grew physically. He grew socially he grew emotionally he grew psychologically now that's a really good prayer to be praying for our children lord may they grow healthily physically emotionally may they grow spiritually
0: Mm.
1: prayer is vital if i could just tell you one story um this is probably one of my favorite prayer stories and it's of a mother um, who's uh, who raised her son as a believer. And he was very bright. I mean, he was super bright. Um, he went to university when he was only 17. He just turned 17 and went to university. But when he was at university, he rejected his family faith, his Christian faith. But he he became anti it. And um, he he joined like a cult and uh, morality went out of the window and his mother just prayed and prayed and persisted and kept persisting in prayer, in prayer, in prayer, in prayer. Anyway, he got worse. Nine years later, nine years later, he's now 26. He's hearing a street preacher and he's captivated by this street preacher. And as a consequence of that, he gets converted. Wow. The mother's name is Monica. Her son's name is Saint Augustine.
0: <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I knew there would be a twist.
1: <laughs> don't <laughs> you love that? I love and, it. I mean, yeah. The- oh, of course, we don't want to have to pray for nine years. And it's like, Lord, don't let's pray for nine years. You know, maybe so- sooner. But what an encouragement. What an
0: encouragement. Yeah. And
1: uh, so prayer, prayer, prayer. Two, caring. Mm. Uh, people, including little people, don't care how much we know until they know how much we care yes so yeah i i could win the argument and lose the person yeah so am i am i communicating with with compassion with care with love and am i listening uh and hearing not just the question but what's behind the question yes You know, I mean, there's that little phrase, um, hurt people, hurt people.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, so an angry question, you know, okay. Okay. you've got the question and we've got the questioner. So how do we address both praying, caring, and then of course, sharing. Yeah. And if we, let's just do Lucy, let's just do a very, very quick Bible study. John chapter four. Okay. Um, I'm sure the listeners know the story. It's Jesus and the Samaritan woman. Yep. Now, um, so the first thing you read about that, it's recorded in John 4, is that Jesus is at one point and he goes to another point. Now, if you were any other Jew, you would have walked around Samaria. Mm. But Jesus didn't do that. He walked into Samaria. So yes. the first thing you notice about the story is that Jesus broke long-standing traditions.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think sometimes some of our traditions may hinder people in their journey of faith rather than help them. Yeah. Anyway, Jesus meets this woman. What were the barriers that existed between the woman and Jesus? Well, she's living in adultery. He's the high priest. So you've got a moral barrier. She's a woman, he's a man. You've got a social barrier. She's a Samaritan, he's Jewish. So you have a religious barrier. She's a Samaritan, he's Jewish. You've got a racial barrier. So there's four barriers here. Mm. Moral, social, racial, religious. How does Jesus break down these barriers? Because sometimes we can feel there's barriers between us and our little children there's barriers between us and our teenagers there's barriers between us and our adult children you know it's like okay how did how did jesus do it he focused on what they had in common and in that situation the only thing that the woman and jesus had in common was h2o yes yeah. so he begins that conversation of water and then he says, "Ah, oh, but I know about a different type of water, that if you drank this other water, you wouldn't be thirsty. In the story, she addresses Jesus four times. And the first time she calls him a Jew, but pretty derogatory the way she addresses him. Mm.
0: The second
1: time she says, sir. The third time she says prophet. The fourth time she says Messiah. Wow. So the can you see, it's not just yeah. what he said, it's how he said it that left this impression upon the woman mm. and it radically changed her life.
0: That's amazing. I've never noticed those four names before that she gives to Jesus, the ways she addresses him, really show her journey through that. Yeah. And so interesting to look at how Jesus has broken down those barriers. And you're right, I think especially kind of as a, a parent of teens as well as children, it can often feel as our children grow older that they're growing away from us or they're developing in different ways to, you know, you sort of have children and you imagine they're going to turn out to be mini, mini me's and then you find that they're really not. <laughs> and it can feel like, why well, I, I don't know what I've got in common anymore with my children um, except the fact that, that we're family. So that's really helpful. Thank you so Thanks. much. And um, Jay John, one of our key tools at Parenting for Faith is surfing the waves, which is really about going with the ebbs and flows of our children's interests. So if a child is in a season of asking lots of big questions, how can we use these opportunities to nurture their faith and not, as you sort of alluded to earlier, not just getting into a sort of argument or a a debate that doesn't really go anywhere, but actually as something that kind of helps them move closer to Jesus?
1: Again, I I, I go back to the praying, caring, sharing has got to be at the heart of it all. Okay. I think making time for them when it's their time. I And I think that's very important. What I find is that with my grandchildren, I have got more time and more patience
0: mm. than
1: I ever had with my children.
0: I'm looking forward to this stage, by the I way. Know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, what's interesting, grandchildren make adults of the parents and children of the grandparents. Yeah. You know, so it's That's very interesting really? that I become more like a child when I'm with my grandchildren. Yeah. Than I ever did with my own children.
0: Mm.
1: No. And I, I I think we need to make time, we need patience we need to exercise grace we need to talk when they want to talk and you know it's not just conveying and communicating belief belief and behavior and i think that's very important so it's it's what are we modeling both in what we say and the way that we live mm. Um, I mean, one of the things, you know, we, I think, exposed our children to growing up is is the number of people that would come into our home and we'd have these fascinating conversations around uh, the, the kitchen table. Yeah. And we would always endeavour to include our children um, in all of that. And, um, yeah, it's – but, you know – our children also had battles with faith, and um, and now two of our children are in ministry.
0: Mm, that's really encouraging. Thank you for that, because there'll be people listening who are close to giving up hope with children. But that and the story you shared of Saint Augustine's mother as well, I think, are, are so yeah. encouraging to just remind us that the faith journey of our children is not over. And if, if they're Absolutely. still on earth, it's not over. No. And, and sometimes
1: you it. do have to wait, Lucy. So yes. in the story of the prodigal son, um, the, the father didn't go looking for the son mm. and he had to wait and wait. And and sometimes you have to wait and that's, of course, very painful. Yeah. Um, but for any parent that may have a prodigal, um, you know, pray these prayers that like the prodigal would remember mm. and then would return and then would rejoice. Yeah. And just, just keep praying it.
0: Amen. And you've touched on this, um, but I just wanted to kind of probe you a little bit further. Um we want to obviously welcome questions and invite questions from our children because we know it's a really positive, healthy thing to do. But in some church traditions, that is kind of frowned upon a little bit. Um, And I suppose the the thinking behind that is that, oh, if if we ask too many questions, you know, we may stop believing or something like that. But it, it can be the case that our children or our teenagers are, overcome with so many questions, so many doubts that they really do feel like their faith is being shaken. Can you give us any wisdom on how as parents and carers and leaders, we can help a child or teen through that time where they may be feeling like their faith is kind of starting to fall apart a little bit?
1: Yeah. And I've, and you've also raised there, Lucy, which is very important. I, I think we need to be more aware of the environment uh, that they're drinking water from so you know so many hours of the day so many hours of the week they're often in very toxic environments mm. and I think sometimes we can be almost oblivious to that yeah they're at school x hours a day they're in this environment that that is is polluted mm. and the, you know of course how do we help our children to filter yep. what's going through I mean the uh, the the term filter that's one that we understand today we filter our water we filter things uh, and people put filters on their computers and you know and okay so maybe what we also need to do with our children is be a little bit more open honest, and vulnerable. Mm. Sometimes to explain some of the things that we do, why we read our Bible. Why do we do that?
0: Mm. Why do we have
1: to do that? Well, you know, I, I read I read the scriptures because they're a filter, mm. because there's so much that's out in the world, and I need to be able to filter it, and the only way I can filter it, it is through the Bible. Um, And and the Bible is the only book everyone in the whole world can read along with the author, you know, uh, just kind of inspiring our children uh, to this. I read it because it's a foundation Mm. Uh, and I I read it because it's like my sat nav. It it guides me, you know. So I think sometimes we haven't always been good at explaining why we do certain things.
0: Things, yeah,
1: um, and and also be be communicative with our children. Um, how are they finding things? Uh, are they struggling? Uh, do they have questions? I really would encourage it. It's so healthy to have good conversation with our children, and I understand there'll come a time when they don't want to. But if they do want to, we should welcome it.
0: Yeah, thank you. That's helpful. And actually touched on another one of our key tools at Parenting for Faith, which is framing, you know, describing the world, explaining the world with God in it. And we can explain things like, I don't know, why the grass is green or something with God in it. But we can also explain about our spiritual practices, reading the Bible. Why are we going to church? Why do we pray? Why why are we praying together as a family? Why are we opening our homes to people? Why are we, um, you know, making everyone squished around the the dinner table when it doesn't look like there's going to be enough food. Why are we doing these things? Absolutely.
1: I spoke at this university and after university, I stepped down and someone was talking to me. And then this girl came along and she interrupted us really rudely. And she says, um, I hated what you said. And I said, oh, I'm so, so sorry. And uh, she says, well, I can tell you from experience that church ruins people's lives. So I said I'm ever so sorry, and I said, "Look, have you got a few minutes?" And she was like, "Why?" I said, "Well, if you've got a few minutes, how about you and I just go and have a coffee, you know, in the university refectory?" And she was like, oh, "Okay." So we went and we got the coffee, and and I said, "Why? Why are you so angry?" You know, just let it out, and it, it kind of all came out. And I and I said, "Look," I said, "You know, is medicine good?" Of course it's good, but in the history of medicine, have there been mistakes made in the history of medicine? Us, and we both agreed, huge mistakes have been made in the name of medicine or medications. Yep. Thalidomide was a mistake. Operations sometimes, are uh, uh, people died because of a mistake that was mm-hmm. made in surgery you know mistakes but we don't throw out the whole of medicine yeah. because of some mistakes anyway i i started having a conversation with this girl and then i said to her look why don't you come tomorrow that was a monday come tuesday and we'll talk more and have a coffee she did come wednesday she did come thursday she did come friday she did and friday she's ransomed healed restored and forgiven that <laughs> girl's name is christine kane <laughs>
0: Amazing.
1: Wow. So she was a student at Sydney University. Yeah. All she needed she didn't the five talks that I gave didn't really do much for her. Mm. She needed five coffees.
0: Yeah. She needed a chance life. Yeah, she needed a chance to be angry and to express yes. her questions and and, what, and her baggage, I guess, and what she was coming coming to it with. Yeah, that's so... it's
1: disentangling, isn't it? It's mm. disentangling. And I think the thing is, with a lot of young people, um, uh, th- sometimes their understanding of Christianity is a misunderstanding. Yeah. And it's it's helping them uh, disentangle so many things. Yeah. Mm. Um,
0: is this is amazing.
1: And I, and I think also, Lucy, d- yeah. different people respond in different ways. I mean, look at Nicodemus. He was a much quieter person mm. and Jesus had to do it one-to-one. Yes. But with other people, it's different. So mm. I think sometimes, Lord, guide us by your spirit to know how even our three children, our three children, three sons, are completely different. Mm. And we have to relate to them differently.
0: Yeah. It's amazing. I was going to say... You haven't been set up for this, but you're actually going through all the paradigm faith key tools because one of our key tools is unwinding wrong views of God, which you've just talked about. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> but it's true. You know, that's such a key area of discipleship, isn't it? Untangling these kind of wrong or maybe not even entirely wrong, but kind of lopsided views where we've taken something that might be true in scripture and it's just gone too far. And now it's become something that's really not kind of in itself, accurate to say about God. Um, So, yes, that's that's helpful. Thank you so much. Um, And and I think
1: uh, we touched on it earlier, but I think what's really good, uh, Lucy, is that if we can and are able to convey and communicate to children, young people, uh, why are we Christians?
0: Mm.
1: You know, why are we Christians? Yeah. And I think sometimes we don't always explain it, why we are. Yes. Know, why we are. Oh, I Hey, Lucy, I don't know. Have I ever told you why I'm actually a Christian? Well, can I just explain that to you? Mm. So even something as simple as that.
0: Yes, because our children love hearing stories about us, don't they? Often, you know, if you're telling stories, especially about times before they were born, we find that our our kids are quite interested if we've got a good story. So yeah, that kind of thing can be really, really helpful. Thank you so much. And Jay John, we could talk for hours. This is so fascinating. Thank you so much for your wisdom. Um, But just we have to wrap up. Sadly, please tell us where we can find you online, any particular books or projects you'd like people to know about. We will link, that's a good question in the show notes, because I think it's such a good book for families to know about. Is there anything else you would well, like to share with us? that's
1: very people? kind, Lucy. Thank you. Yes, yeah, uh, just jjohn.com um, will tell you about the ministry that we're engaged in and the resources there. And, um, yes, uh, Lucy's mentioned that's a good question. And then I've got some other children's books, uh, Knowing God, How Can I Pray, The Easter Story and The Christmas Story. Uh, and I'm currently, Lucy, working on, and I have been working on this for quite a while, but as I said, I you know, I take my time, but I'm working on a children's book uh, on the Ten Commandments.
0: I can't wait. So, That'll be a good and one. I, and I'm
1: calling it Family Rules.
0: Lovely. I can't wait because I was going to say all those children's books we've read at one stage or another, they are beautifully produced, gorgeous illustrations, very clear wording, just lovely, lovely books. And Great baptism presence as well, dedication presence we find. Yes. Um, and I also want to mention, because you haven't mentioned it, but I've got slightly older children and teens, and we're really enjoying your Heroes of the Faith book oh, right now. thank you. We, we don't have the sequel. I know there's two books out now, aren't there? But we're going through the first one. And I just find with my kids who uh, don't always want to read the Bible, sometimes we want to just do something a little bit different, and... Um, it's just so inspiring to take a story of a historical Christian and read it together and l- read your reflections and then have a chat about it. It's just been really good oh, for our family.
1: Thank you. So, and as you said, it's retelling really these stories. And then for, I would say for um, young adults or teenagers, um, another book that is, Will I Be Fat in Heaven?
0: Yes. And there
1: I took um, 39 questions and um, tried to, answer them with a bit meatier responses but you know the questions like why do bad things happen to good people and Mm. all those questions suffering and death and so that's another one
0: they're super helpful resources thank you so much jay john for them and for your time today it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you thank you so much
1: well thank you lucy so appreciate being on the program
0: What an absolute legend. I hope you're impressed that I managed to hold it together in that interview because I really was. Jay John is a real uh, hero of mine and I hope you enjoyed the wisdom that he shared because I really did. Um, Now, every week on our podcast, we like to give you a question that you can ask your kids or teens or even your adult children to spark a conversation this week. And so the question for this week is, what is one question you have that has no easy answer. What is one question you have that has no easy answer? That's it. Happy questioning.